Welcome to the Ramble Podcast, hosted by Dave DeBah and presented by Rippin.com. As always, the Ramble Podcast is coming to you live from the Super Plus Rippin.com broadcast studios in the heart of Silicon Valley. Now, to the host that can't stop rambling, Dave DeBah. Ramble we go. I am Dave DeVaugh and I want to talk sports with you, North America. Okay, coming up on the Ramble today, we dive deep into the National Football League divisional round playoffs and I will give you my highly, <laughs> and I do mean highly anticipated picks of this weekend's games. Plus, does Ben Simmons really trust the process? And Jerry Jones finally gets a divorce from Jason Garrett and quickly remarries Mike McCarthy. And finally, if you had a chance to see the Matt Rule introduction press conference for the Carolina Panthers, is it just me or don't you think Matt Rule should just simply give up on the Panthers and just run for president of the United States All of that, I swear, motivational speech was amazing. All of that and more coming up on the Ramble today. Okay, North America, so good to be back. It is officially, and it has been officially, 2020 for the last 10 days. It is January 10th, 2020, North America, and I am so fired up to be back on the air, and we've got a whole slew of great shows for you coming up this year, including a bunch of interviews which we'll be setting up in weeks to come. But heading into tonight's podcast, we had a bunch of different places that we could start the podcast out with, and we're going to get to the um, highly coveted divisional round picks. But I thought we would start off with Mike McCarthy being named the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Look, after the Cowboys strung Jason Garrett along for like, I don't know, it seemed like eternity, where poor Jason Garrett was just sitting there. Am I fired? Do I need to find a new job? Where am I? He was left in head coaching hell limbo. That is exactly where Jerry Jones stuck Jason Garrett. And I started to think about it. And do you remember back to when you were in high school or heck, if you're still in high school, but if you remember back and you had that girlfriend, maybe you had a boyfriend, it doesn't matter, but let's just assume you had a girlfriend and you had a girlfriend and you knew it was over. You just, you knew it was done. You were done. You you needed to move on, but you didn't want to move on until you found somebody else. (laughs) And that is exactly what Jerry Jones did with Jason Garrett. In fact, it even got so bad that Jason Garrett knew that Mike McCarthy, the other woman, (laughs) was coming in to interview with the Cowboys. And in fact, Jason Garrett actually recommended Mike McCarthy to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, there's been all of this uproar in the media about Mike McCarthy. And A lot of it is honestly a little unjust. Now, if you look at his um, his record as a head coach in the National Football League, he is right there with what we would call tier two coaches in the NFL. 
There is only one person who lives in the tier one slot, and we all know that's Bill Belichick. And I don't care what you think about Spygate, Deflategate, or any of the other gates that haven't been written about yet. Bill Belichick is by far the best head coach we've ever seen in the National Football League, especially in an era of free agency and salary cap. If you just think about what Bill Belichick has done, nobody else is even a close second, which is why we have a tier two group of head coaches in the National Football League. You know, it's it's guys like Mike Tomlin. It's guys like, I don't know, maybe the head coach in Philadelphia. Uh, not the head coach in Kansas City. Andy Reid would be considered a tier three head coach. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's just how it is. So, you know, Mike McCarthy, um, Mike Tomlin, um, the head coach um, of uh, the New Orleans Saints who just lost, Sean Payton, who, for whatever reason, struggles with clock management. Like, They think of everything, except they still don't seem to have somebody who understands how to manage a clock. (laughs) It's the same thing. It's the same problem you're probably going to witness this weekend with Andy Reid, even though I'm probably going to predict Andy's going to win this game. That's coming up. That being said, I just really think all of the Uh, media attention about Mike McCarthy not being the best choice for the Dallas Cowboys is probably flat out wrong. He's not a retread head coach. He's not a coach that has failed in the past. All I'm saying is the Dallas Cowboys went out and they got the best available coach who has actually won a Super Bowl before. All right. Um, Staying in the coaching ranks, <laughs> uh, the Giants uh, hired uh, hired uh, Joe Judge to be their new head coach. And if you look at the press conference that uh, that the judge had compared to the press conference that Matt Rule put on for the Carolina Panthers, it's just it's there's no difference. Now, I had heard um, before about Matt Rule, and I've seen him coach in college, obviously, with Baylor, never watched him at Temple. I mean, who watches Temple football outside of the Philadelphia metropolitan area, right? That being said, he's got three years in at Baylor. The first year, they went 1-11. and The second year, they won like four games, and in year three, they went 11-2. and And he secured himself, after never being a coach in the National Football League, Matt Rule secured himself a $60 million contract. It's a seven-year, $60 million contract with bonuses that take him to $70 million. That contract right there just completely pissed off the rest of the National Football League. Owners who have put together a board game, and their board game is called Monopoly. The National Football League owners truly have a monopoly unlike any other sports league in the world today. And they try to control everything behind closed doors. And the last thing they wanted to see was a head coach like Matt Rule, who has never coached in the National Football League. I repeat, has never coached a down in the National Football League 
They do not want to see a guy like that get $60 million in a guaranteed contract. But the reality is, for a head coach in college football that goes 11-2, and two, as the Baylor Bears did this year, Matt Rule was going to be able to uh, receive that kind of contract from somebody in college football. So from a pure economic standpoint, the Carolina Panthers, if they wanted Matt Rule or the New York Giants, who I think made a mistake by not hiring Matt Rule, uh, if they wanted Matt Rule, they were going to have to pay those kinds of dollars. That is the current world that we live in, owners of the National Football League. As for Matt Rule himself, oh my God, <laughs> his press conference was the best introduction press conference I've ever seen a person give. I was literally motivated and ready to go work out this morning at 5 a.m. so I could hope someday I'd have a chance of being a water boy on the Carolina Panther organization. Like one of our big taglines here on the Ramble at the end of the show is we talk about how you're never going to win a championship with the Carolina Panthers. Look, I'm not going to change that until I see Matt Rule win at least 10 games. That being said, Certainly a clear leader is exactly what the Carolina Panthers have hired. And if he can do half of what he said, <laughs> it's a little bit used car salesman-ish, but if he can do half of what he said, the Carolina Panthers are going to be a strong franchise and are in good hands in North America. Okay, so um, uh, speaking of good hands, before we get into the divisional round playoffs, as my Minnesota Vikings are coming here to the Bay Area to do battle with the San Francisco 49ers. I cannot wait uh, to talk about that. But before we do that, I thought we needed to just mention the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room not just in the room, but the elephant in the Bay Area this week outside of stuff related to the San Francisco 49ers is really the Golden State Warriors. And let's face it, like the regime change that the um, Giants made recently here, it's not going to do anything. 80 wins would be a miracle for that Giants baseball team, at least how that uh, roster shapes up. So there's not much else to talk about in the Bay Area, other than, you know, what we used to have here with the Golden State Warriors. And for the Warriors to find a way to keep themselves in there, to keep their team, you know, um, uh, in the news while both Steph and Clay are out, and as they attempt to retool the team, because they know they're going to need more firepower. Look, even if Steph and Clay had played all year, that wasn't going to be enough for them to make it back to the NBA championship. It just wasn't. So now that they've got a year here to um, really whittle through some of the this bad young talent that this team has, because it does have some bad young talent on its team. It's got some, it's got some nice new young pieces as well, but there are a couple bad pieces on this team. So as they sort of look at it, and they made the wise move of signing... D'Angelo Russell, because you, you just never knew what was going to happen with him. So now that you have this asset, this $100 million plus asset, which is really what D'Angelo Russell is at this point, they are in 
San Francisco trying to figure out what they can do next. So the trade rumors started this week that Ben Simmons was going to be shipped out of Philadelphia. Talk about not trusting your own process, Philadelphia. Look, I don't know if those rumors are true or if the Warriors just simply leaked it or if somebody just made it up or not, but I have seen article after article that diagnoses how Ben Simmons could actually, there's a clear path to how Ben Simmons could become a member of the Golden State Warriors. Now, Ben Simmons signed a contract extension, which actually kicks in next year. So this year, he's only making like $8.1 million a year. Poor Ben Simmons. (laughs) And next year, he's going to make like something like uh, over $30 million a year, which leads me to my next point. Would you pay $30 million a year for somebody that is only averaging 15 points a game? I'm just asking you. The 69th highest scorer in the National Basketball League as of January 10th is Ben Simmons. And you're paying him $30 million a year next year. Now, look, I know he's going to pass the ball. I know he's going to be fifth in assists, which is where he is right now. And he's going to get you seven to eight boards a game, which is great. But 15 points a game. It's Andrew Wiggins disappointing. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's just absolutely horrific. And his shot has barely improved. In fact, I'm not even sure it's better than it was the year before. If you look at his field goal percentage, heck, if you even just look at his free throw percentages, it is worse this year. He shoots 58% from the free throw line. (laughs) And you're going to pay a guy like that $30 million a year. So do I think this was just rumors by the Golden State Warriors or have the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, the... Uh, leadership, the GM, Elton Brand, and the rest of the ownership group really decided that the jury's out on Ben Simmons and it might be worth moving him. I'm just saying, that's just way too much money to pay somebody to score just 15 million, uh, 15 points a game North America. All right. So, on to the sport that we really just care about most. for the next couple weeks. Like the National Basketball Association, I absolutely love. As you know, I love hockey. I'm certainly into baseball. But this is prime time National Football League time. And last week, as you all know, my Minnesota Vikings went into uh, New Orleans and found a way to get a victory over the New Orleans Saints. I have seen... Every play of every game of a Viking game for like the last 18 years, compliments of DirecTV. Um, Still not being paid for that. Um, That being said, I I have a really um, deep knowledge, not just of the Vikings, but of the National Football League. And I can tell you right now, sure, there's going to be some big plays in this game. Sure, the the 49ers are going to get a couple... um, are going to score a couple long touchdown bombs or have a couple bombs go for touchdowns. There's going to be some big plays on both sides of the both sides of the field for sure. That's just a given. But where the game is actually going to be won is at the defensive line. And both the Vikings and the 49ers have fantastic defensive lines. 
Now, the 49er defensive line and its core of linebackers is still banged up, and there are still some questions about who's going to be 100% and who's actually going to be able to play, if at all, for the 49ers. Now, if they're at full strength and the 49ers are able to apply pressure to Kirk Cousins, if they can do it with just four players as opposed to five or six, then the 49ers are most likely going to beat the Vikings. It is as simple as that. And in fact, it wouldn't even matter if the Vikings are able to get to Jimmy Garoppolo. It comes down to that. Can you rattle the cage of Kirk Cousins? Now, look, I've heard all of this stuff about Kirk Cousins over the season and how bad Kirk Cousins is and how he can't win the big game and all this other stuff. You know, 26 touchdowns, six picks on the season for like 3,600 yards. I mean, that's Pro Bowl stats right there. I'm just saying he's had a really good year. Yes, he struggles against, um, he struggles in big games and he proved last week that he's over that hump. Hey, as long as he stays on the right side of that hump, the Vikings will be in good shape. It's just all about Cousins not getting rattled by the 49ers defensive line. That is the key to victory for both teams in that game. Now, of course, I'm going to pick the Vikings to win because that's what I do. I'm going to have the Vikings winning this game by a touchdown. Moving on to, um, oh, and just one quick thing about that the that game. Um, I've got a friend who's a... Uh, a huge 49er. I mean, I got a lot of friends who are huge 49er fans. I'm in Northern California, for God's sakes. They're all 49er fans. Um, <laughs> I had a friend and I walked up to her and I said to her, I said, hey, uh, I just want to, you know, wish wish your team good luck. And she whipped her head around. She stared, stared me down and she said, I cannot wish you good luck. <laughs> she goes, I can't. I'm a 49er fan, and I'm refusing to wish you good luck in the game. That's how dedicated she is uh, to her team. I thought it was hilarious. Anyways, um, Titans, Ravens. uh, Ravens are going to win this game probably by two touchdowns. The only way the Titans actually have a chance is if we enter the fourth quarter with the Titans ahead. But I doubt that's going to happen. I think they're going to find a way to slow Henry down enough And that Ravens offense, let's just face it, is pure explosion, North America. Lamar Jackson, 36 TDs, 6 picks, 3,100 yards, and I haven't even talked about his ability to run the ball. It is going to be lights out for the Tennessee Titans after this game. Uh, Texans Chiefs. Andy Reid will continue to struggle with clock management, North America, but so will Bill O'Brien. It's sort of a question of which coach manages the the clock a little bit worse than the other coach. (laughs) That might ultimately depend, determine who wins. Look, I really don't see the Texans winning this game. I know what they did previously. Uh, I know Patrick Mahomes has been hurt. But like Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes has put up huge numbers, hasn't he? 26 TDs and five interceptions and over 4,000 yards passing. Look, if Lamar Jackson didn't run the ball the way he runs the ball, Mahomes could have easily repeated 
as the most valuable player in the National Football League this year. And before all of you Seahawks fans come running at me with that statement, we'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think the Chiefs are, are going to win this game. Uh, just too much more firepower. There's, there's significantly more firepower on the offensive side. And um, Tariq Hill is just, just un- unbelievable, fastest man in the National Football League. It's going to be really, really hard for the Texans um, to pull this thing off. Um, and we all know Deshaun Watson is is a baller, but I just don't see uh, that Texan secondary holding up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs by 10 in that game. Moving on to the last game, the Sunday, late Sunday afternoon game at Lambeau Field, where... It will be snowing on the frozen tundra of Lambeau. <laughs> and Russell Wilson and will bring his Seattle Seahawks to town. And Russell Wilson was the other quarterback this year that we were all talking about as being the most valuable player in the National Football League. His stats are almost identical to Patrick Mahomes. 31 TDs, 5 interceptions, 4,100 yards passing. Hey, by the way, speaking of stats, did you know Aaron Rodgers was 26 TDs this year, just four picks and over 4,000 yards? Look, there's been a lot of great quarterback play in the National Football League this year. And that's why we have so many teams in the NFL this year. And I don't remember a year like this where there's been so many teams with records over 10 wins. It just it's it's amazing. Like the good teams have been really pretty good for the most part. So do I see the Seattle Seahawks going into going into Lambeau and beating the um and beating the Green Bay Packers? Now I've had a couple interesting conversations. I've had people asking me. They're like, "Debaugh, who do you want to win that Packer game?" And I said, look, I'm going to put it to you. I'm going to put it like this. And I said, look, if the Vikings win, then I'm rooting for the Seahawks to win. If the 49ers win, then I'm rooting for my Midwestern buddies across the border. <laughs> we should put up a wall there between Minnesota and Green Bay, Minnesota and Wisconsin. There should be a border wall. <laughs> Any, anyways, uh, um, uh, so... I would absolutely think that the Packers are going to be more prepared. Plus, I really wasn't that impressed. I really, really wasn't that impressed with Seattle. I really think Seattle's one of those teams that plays at its at the level of its competition. Um, but it's just Russell Wilson's just such a magician. But it's hard for me to see Aaron Rodgers allowing this one to slip away. Packers by a field goal at the end of the game to win the game in a snowy, blizzard-like condition in Lambeau Field. All right, North America, uh, so good to be back on the Ramble. As I mentioned, lots of cool shows coming up, so stay tuned for those. And just a reminder, please do check out the Matt Rule press conference and tell me if you are not as motivated. <laughs> just just watch five minutes. Just give me five minutes of the Matt Rule press conference and tell me you don't feel motivated to go work out. I'm just saying. All right. For The Ramble, I'm Dave DeBall reminding you that you can't win a championship if you play for the Carolina Panthers. Still saying it. 
Matt, you got to get 10 wins before I stop saying that. And good luck, North America, because in the era, in this era of Donald Trump being your president, uh, trust me, you're going to need all the help that you can.